Right, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to our sermon text today, which is found in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 46, and I will read verses 1 through 13. Bel bows down, Nebo stoops low, their idols are borne by beasts of burden. The images that are carried about are burdensome. A burden for the weary, they stoop and bow down together, unable to rescue the burden. They themselves go off into captivity. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain of the house of Israel, you whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. To whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that, you may be, that we may be compared? Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god. They bow down and worship it. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands. From that spot it cannot move. Though one cries out to it, it does not answer. It cannot save him from his troubles. Remember this. Fix, fix it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none other like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I've said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted, you who are from far from righteousness. I am bringing my righteousness near, it is not far away, and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that the words of this sermon might be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Grant this, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I suspect if I were to ask you to list some things you remember from your science class, one of the things that you quite likely would include is a chart of the periodic table. Uh, the periodic table, of course, describes all of those basic elements. We understand that the world is comprised. All material things are made up of atoms. Perhaps you can even call to mind uh, that diagram that pictures electrons swirling around the protons and nucleus, neutrons that form the nucleus. Uh, atomic theory is something that we're quite familiar with in our day. Many of the advances in science are based on this understanding. Uh, and yet, we know that this is the way the world is because others have told us. We can't see atoms with our eyes. Even if you were to magnify the atom, uh, there's no amount of magnification that could allow you to see an atom. Because atoms are smaller than the length of a wave, a light wave. So the very way in which we see is not possible to recognize atoms. Well, I begin with that because we understand that there are things that we cannot see that form the basis of life. 
this week was Vacation Bible School. Uh, one of the basic ministries of the church is to be people who proclaim the gospel. Now we've been doing Vacation Bible School here on this hill for a number of years, decades even. But Vacation Bible School wasn't always the way the church shared the gospel with children. In fact, uh, there were times when, and there continue to be times today, where the church is present in places that don't have school and don't have summer breaks like our children have. Vacation Bible School developed as an instrument, a tool to share this message that God can be trusted, that Jesus can be trusted. And I want to ask you today, are you trusting Jesus? We've been looking in this series from the book of Isaiah where the Lord gives this message to Israel. And it begins in chapter 46, this particular song, uh, where a reference is made to festivities that were going on in Babylonia. Everybody loves a party, don't they? You might say, well, hold on. Uh, perhaps you feel a little bit more like the Facebook meme I saw the other day where someone posted that uh, going to bed early, uh, being home alone, uh, my childhood punishments are now my adult dreams. You know, sometimes we don't feel much like being festive. Uh, though we do like to eat cake, don't we? We like to satisfy our sweet tooth. I don't know about you, but I like to be welcomed. I like to be places where people want me to be. It makes me feel loved and encouraged. I like to laugh. I like to celebrate. All of those aspects of festivities are things that we like. And the people of Babylonia would regularly gather for a festival to celebrate their gods, the pantheon of gods. That's what this reference is to Bel and Nebo in, in verse 1. Bel and Nebo would be uh, brought in a procession on carts into the center of the city. Beasts of burdens would pull these carts. On these carts were these carved images that were uh, covered in metal and various precious metals. And the Lord is saying, these carts are weighed down by your idols. Just like you are weighed down. The Babylonian people are weighed down by the places where they have placed their hope. Is it possible that we have found ourselves chasing false idols, false promises of deliverance that have distracted us from trusting in Jesus? That was the danger that was present to the people of Israel. And you can understand why that would be. They'd been taken into exile. Their nation had been destroyed. The temple to the Lord had been desecrated. And now they were in this land where the Babylonians were saying, Look at our gods. This is why we're more powerful than you. The Lord said, See, these people are struggling under this burden that they don't even realize. Some years ago, Tim O'Brien wrote a book entitled The Things They Carried. Uh, and in that book, it describes soldiers at war. And it begins by listing the different items that these soldiers would carry into battle. Uh, he lists the helmet, and he puts how many 
ounces or pounds that helmet weighs. Some of you know very well how much a helmet weighs. He would list other things that the soldiers carried, uh, their belts, their rucksacks, and he would give the corresponding uh, weight of those uh, things that they were carrying. But then he started to list things that were a little harder to weigh. He listed the sick relative back home. Uh, he listed the girlfriend who stopped writing. On and on, the different things that these soldiers were carrying. What about you? Is it possible that there are things you're carrying that you've become so used to you don't even realize the kind of heaviness and weight that they're causing you? The Lord says, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain of the house of Israel, you whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth. Isn't it interesting that the Lord pleads with Judah, he pleads with Israel to listen. He pleads with his people. He pleads with you. We don't expect the mighty one, the all-powerful one, to plead. Certainly the pantheon of Babylonian gods didn't plead for their people's affection. Power, unrivaled power doesn't plead. Or does it? When that unrivaled power is love. God loves us. The theme of Vacation Bible School this week is treasure. There's kind of a double meaning to that. One aspect and a kind of call and response that our leaders had the children make each night, whatever the Bible point was, the focus was you're treasured by God. We want our children to know that. That's the heart of the gospel. You are treasured. You're treasured by God. As a child, I used to enjoy the idea of going on treasure hunts. Uh, but you know, for me as a child, my, in my imagination, it wasn't... Uh, that I was hoping to have gems and, and money and riches, uh, I can really say that wasn't what I wanted. I liked adventure and the idea of having a secret map and finding that which was lost. Of course, as you get older, you start to see the power of money, power of that kind of treasure. What the Lord means by you are treasured is not that you or I have something that that God needs from us, but that God values us. And yet the people have to be reminded, right? To whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? In this pleading from God, what we see is that the people are comparing God to these other gods. They shouldn't be doing it reveals that they don't recognize the significance of God. The significance of this love. Uh, we can see in our lives times in which we have failed to recognize something's true value. In World War II, one of the greatest battles of the entire war, certainly the early war, was the Battle of Britain. In 1940, it was the first battle in which the German forces were stopped. Uh, the Germans had spread all throughout Europe. Eight countries had surrendered to Germany. And many expected that Britain would as well. 
One of the unique things about the Battle of Britain is that it was fought entirely in the air. Germans were known for their famous air power. Was, they had many more planes, they had more skilled pilots. Uh, the British met them in the skies, the English, the RAF. One of the problems that the RAF had was they didn't have enough planes or pilots. They could make planes more quickly than they could train pilots. So one of the problems was putting airmen into the air. There were soldiers, pilots, from these countries in the east that had surrendered to the Germans that had come to England uh, who were willing to fly. But the British didn't trust them. The Polish squadron made up the 303rd uh, fighter squadron. And even though they begged and pleaded to be allowed to go and fight the enemy, uh, the generals didn't want to let them go. They had problems in some of their training runs with the unfamiliar equipment. And uh, the RAF generals uh, recognized or thought that because Poland had surrendered after three days that these pilots uh, were not to be trusted. Well finally, in August, on August 31st, uh, they were running out of pilots. And the Germans were again coming to London. And so the 303rd Squadron were called upon. They were allowed to go into battle. And to the surprise of everyone, they were among the most effective fighter pilots that the RAF had. By the end of the war, 20% of the uh, success of the fighter pilots was this one squadron. We can fail to recognize that which we most depend. Is it possible that you have lost a recognition of what God means in your life. Well, who is God? <laughs> I hope I don't need to ask you that, but occasionally uh, it is worth acknowledging that the term God is used widely in our society to mean all sorts of different things. In fact, even in the Old Testament, that was the case. That's why you see in your Bibles, whenever that word the Lord is rendered, it's in all capital letters. That's the proper name for God. I am who I am. One of the games that we played with the children was to, that game where you play, where you blindfold someone. One of our teachers would be blindfolded and an object was hidden in the sanctuary and the children had to clap when she was getting close. And then if she was going the wrong way, they'd clap softly. Perhaps you played that game. And one of the things that was illustrated is if the children started clapping really loudly, when she wasn't near the object, they could lead her astray. And it's possible that they're in this cacophony of voices claiming about what is the basic meaning of life that you've gotten mixed up. Jesus is God in the flesh. How do we come to know who is the God we talk about in the Bible, the God of Israel? Jesus, the one who came who told the parable of the shepherd who'd leave the 99 in search of the one calls you by name. That is the Lord, God. The God who loves you. Hear what this God promises. 
Remember this, fix it in your mind, take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. There is none like me. I make the end from the beginning from ancient times and there is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Verse 13, I'm bringing my righteousness near. It is not far and my salvation will not be delayed. Jesus has come to bring salvation. Uh, have you heard about the name, have you heard the name Jim Garrett? He's a famous violinist. Perhaps you haven't heard of him. Uh, he's one that they call a, a prodigy from the age of four, was playing concerts. Uh, he fell down the stairs about 10 years ago. Uh, thankfully, his hands were not injured. Uh, he fell on a case. The problem is, inside that case was a Stradivarius violin that was smashed to pieces. Only 600 Stradivarius. But you know, for many of you, it wouldn't matter if the Stradivarius were smashed. Because you couldn't play it anyway. I certainly couldn't. Even though I took years of violin, you wouldn't want a Stradivarius in my hands. When you think about salvation, I want you to think about a smashed instrument that God has put back together and that God is going to play. Right? You are God's instrument. And what is the music that God wants to play? The life of love. To love as God loves us. We're not able to do that in our own power. When we chase other promises, we'll be weighed down. But God is able. You may not believe in atoms because you can't see them, but they're there. You could go up to Lake Anna and see the power that those atoms can generate. Just an atom being split. 1,800 megawatts, right? One megawatt powers a thousand homes. What power God brings to the hearts of those who will draw near. Won't you draw near? You are treasured. And when you recognize the one who treasures you, you will find true treasure. God grant it. Amen.